about the name of Jesus. And you know the Spirit is at work when the name of Jesus is being lifted up. And the Spirit even says he has come not to even bear witness of himself, but to lift up the name of Jesus. So y'all, I just love worshiping with you. I love you. I thank God for you. We are on a journey together. And you know what? It's an exciting journey to be on. I want to, before I get started this morning, I want to remind you that in the back of the room on the tables is some sign-up for our small groups. And you know, we sit in rows in here on Sunday mornings, but on Sunday afternoons, we gather in groups and circles. And that's where we really get to know one another. And that's where I find out things about you and you find out about things about me that you, we never could get in this setting. And so that's really where we do life together. So I encourage you to sign up. Uh, the groups, some of them meet every other Sunday and at different times, different places. But take advantage and uh, the sign up is right back here in the back for you, okay? Well, all right. So we're going to continue in this month of, of my theme for the whole year is faith. And we're going to continue with that theme today. And today's topic that I've got in this is called the journey. And it's really, it's a journey of faith that we're on in our life. And one of the things we've got to learn about in this journey of faith is that we've got to learn to enjoy the journey. And that's the key to it, enjoying the journey of life. And the other option to it is, is some of the things we go through is we just have to endure during that time. There are some things that are hard, and you endure during that time in your journey of faith, but God's intended us for, to, to live a life of abundance and a life of joy. And you know, and I know too many uh, Christians that are not living that. And I want to just really encourage you today. This message is probably a message that has hit me between the eyes more than any message I've done in a long time. And so it's almost like, I, I know my wife even said, this one's going to be hard for you. And I said, you're right. This is a difficult one for me. And you're going to understand it as we, as we get into it here this morning. I believe in planning, and I believe in goal setting. First Sunday, we did faith, the goals. I believe in that. They say if, if, you, if you don't plan, then you plan what? If you, don't, if you fail to plan then you plan to fail. So I'm all about planning, and I'm all about believing in goal setting. But listen, there are some things in life that you just can't plan or even predict. There's some things that are going to happen that there is no way and no how we could have ever planned for that or ever predicted that. And I want to share some scriptures with you that kind of reinforce this and the first one is found in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 9 Proverbs chapter 6 verse 9 says this it's up on the screen for you and you turn in your Bibles or get out your phone and but make note of it it says the mind of man plans his way but the Lord directs his steps the mind of man plans his way but the Lord directs his steps there's a lot of things that come at us on a daily basis that we might have had planned out that we were going to do that day. And then all of a sudden, those plans get interrupted. Or all of a sudden, something happens that changes those plans, and we end up going down. Our steps take us to where we never thought we would be that day. You know what I'm talking about? 
You've experienced that, I know, recently. Here's the deal. There's another verse that I want to encourage you with, and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. And it says this, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. In other words, God is in such control of our steps and our journey that it's not even within us. We can plan certain things, but I, I know God has to sit and smile. Now, I, I knew a pastor for, uh, that was in a book was talking about he, he was graduating from seminary. He said he had a manual an inch thick on planning a church in the Chicago area. And he said he had the next 25 years planned out to do that church plant. And guess what? That church plant never had its first service in the Chicago area. This guy, he, he got his degree in church planning. He had it all planned out, and he, he talked about it. He said, you know, God must have been laughing at me to have a 25-year plan of what I was going to do over the next 25 years in Chicago, and we didn't even get to have our first service at that, in that city. But God went on to use him in a different city. Why? Because God had a different plan. And he had some things all laid out, but at that time, he could not see it. And he, he was really down and discouraged. But here's the key, y'all. We want control, but the decision to follow Jesus is giving up control. Now some of y'all, yeah, I need to repeat that. We want control, but the decision to follow Jesus is giving up control to follow him. We got to let it go. You know, there, the Disney, I, I, I'll get to hear all kinds of Disney movies because of the little ones around the house and the little grandkids, but I remember there's a song I keep hearing in my mind, let it go, let it go. You know, I just hear that little song. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are smiling. But it's really true when it comes to control. Let it go. Let it go. And following Jesus, Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, what? Let him deny himself, take up his cross, die daily, and follow me. That's the journey. That's the journey. Now, following, following Christ is letting Jesus take the wheel. You know, I used to see the signs that said, Jesus is my co-pilot on the back of bumper stickers and stuff like that. And I used to laugh because there is no co about it. You, you hear what I'm saying? Surrendering control is saying, Jesus you're the pilot. You're the ones that have the control. I'm the passenger. And here's the deal. We're, you know, we're the back seat. We're behind him. He's the pilot. Why do we want Jesus to be the pilot? Because he knows the way. He is the way. He's guiding us in the journey and, and, and taking us down the path that's best for us. We might not think it at the time. But have you ever been in a car with someone and you were driving and the individual tried to be a backseat driver while you were driving. How did that make you feel? Hmm? 
You're sitting there. If you didn't say it, you're wanting to turn around and go, would you just shut up and let me do the driving? That's what you're wanting to say to them. You might not say it because it's a family member and you don't want to hurt their feelings. Or, or it might be a mother-in-law. Man, it's hard for me with my mother-in-law in the back seat trying to tell me where to go when I already know where to go. And, and, but you can't tell her where to go, okay, while you're doing that. You just got to keep driving and bite, and bite your tongue. But you know, I believe it's built within all of us. From the, as a little kid growing up, it's built within us something that deals with this control issue. Now, I know there's certain personalities. There's certain people wired with certain giftedness. And certain people have an issue with control maybe a little bit more than others. But here's the thing. If you've ever gone on a trip with little ones that are in the car, we didn't teach them this. But how many times have you ever heard the words, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Now, why does a little three- or four-year-old ask that question? And, you know, why are we there yet? And I always say, uh, yeah, we're there. We're right there. But we're not where we are supposed to be. But we're there. But we're getting, we're here, but we're not there. That's the best way to say it. We're here, but you know what I'm talking about. And don't we do the same thing with God? We want to know exactly where are we going? When we're going to get there? What time? How long is it going to be? Are we there yet? And so, we never outgrow this. And here's the issue. This is the bottom line to it all. And you want to know it? Here's the truth. We are control freaks. That's what it is. We just got to admit it. We're control freaks. And we just want to be in control. But here's the next thing. But faith involves a loss of control. And with the loss of control comes the loss of certainty. Faith involves a loss of control. And with the loss of control comes a loss of certainty. Here's the thing. Faith, this is on the board. Faith is the willingness and the readiness to embrace uncertainty. Faith is the willingness and the readiness to embrace uncertainty. I know embracing uncertainty is, is a hard thing for some people. It really is. You know, it's one of those things that I'm learning to, to have to do that. I'm going to give you an example in the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. I was there this past, last Sunday. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It gives the, the example of the one who is described as the father of all faith, and that is Abraham. And notice what it says about Abraham embracing uncertainty in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place where he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now that's uncertainty, isn't it? Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. So can you imagine the kids on the journey with Abraham? Hey, Father Abraham, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And what would he respond? I don't know. 
I don't know because I don't even know where we go. Now, how would you like to feel if you were in that caravan? Father Abraham, are we there yet? Child, I don't know. Well, why don't you know, Father Abraham? Because I don't know where we're going. Boy, isn't that a great leader to be followed? But he's the father of all things. That's uncertainty, isn't it? You know, that's, that's, that's like I've seen on some senior citizens trips. There's been a hat that pointed in two directions. It said, which way did they go? Have you ever seen one of those? Because they don't know where they're at out there. And they're just out there traveling. But I, it says, I'm their leader. Which way did they go? And, but here was Abraham. Abraham was the leader. But if the, if the children came to him, he had to respond with, God's taking us to a place. And I don't know where it is. But I know it's going to be okay. Wow. So that's faith, isn't it? Boy, that's walking by faith. That really is. I, I'm, I remember telling some of you this story, but I do remember when I interviewed in a church, I told the lady that uh, one of the ladies that had asked me a question about, I said, I have stepped out on faith several times, trusting God because he told me to go. And he told me to step down from that church and that he would open up the next door even when I didn't have the next door opened up. And I remember that woman saying, well, if I was your husband, I'd kill you. I would kill you. And I remember thinking, if you were my wife, I'd kill myself. I remember thinking that. But I didn't say that because I was on the interview. And you don't say that kind of thing in an interview. But what it was about is it's about faith and trusting. And yes, you can trust God in the journey and that's what it's all about Noah embraced he embraced uncertainty and he did it on a divine weather forecast God told him it's going to rain boy well build a boat it's going to rain build a boat you know how long it took him to build that boat you know a hundred and twenty years to build a boat. Now, can you imagine the ridicule old Noah got every day he was out there building the boat and nobody had ever seen rain before, but he had that divine forecast was coming. Rain is coming. But he, Abraham, I mean Noah embraced uncertainty. But he was certain of one thing, that God's word was coming to pass. He didn't know when the rain was going to happen. But he was faithful for 120 years to build that boat until finally the day came that God said, get in the boat because time has come. And so that's, that's, that's a man of great faith that would do that. Here's what I got to share with you. People of faith don't need to know what is coming next because they know God knows what's coming next. They already know God's there. People of faith don't need to know what's coming next. They know God's there. God knows. God knows what's going on. And here's the other one. People of faith don't need an explanation for every disappointment because they know God has a plan. Now, boy, that's a tough one. People of faith don't need an explanation for every disappointment because they know that God has a plan. And here's, here's why that's tough. is because we had our plan. 
and it didn't go our way and we get disappointed and so we get discouraged and we and we have that tendency to want to lose faith when all along God's wanting us to embrace faith and to walk in faith there are a few things that we can know for certain and I know some people say yeah death and taxes you know that's for certain but here's in God's economy, I'm going to give you some things. Here's one of them. God is in control, and God keeps his promises. You know, Adrian Rogers, one time, he's a mentor of mine, a pastor that was in Memphis, Tennessee. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But Adrian Rogers was a man of God, preacher of preachers. He was listening to, to a lady by the name of Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom had spent... Uh, her life in, a, in one of the concentration camps from the Nazis. She was a, she had, they, her family had taken in the Jews. And while Corrie ten Boom went through all of that, she experienced a lot of humiliation. She experienced a lot of things that happened in there she couldn't explain. But she never lost her faith. And one day while Corrie ten Boom was, was speaking, Adrian Rogers heard what she said. And here's what he quoted in this message. He said these words. Corey Tim Boone said, There is no panic in heaven, only plans. God is in control. There's no panic in heaven. There's only plans. But guess what? It may not be our plans, but I can assure you God's plan <laughs> is going to come to pass. And his plan is a good plan. Does he not say these words? He says that all things work together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. That's a promise from God, and that's, a, that's something that sometimes we may not understand why these things are happening, but that's the key. All things work together for good. So when she said... There's no panic in heaven. There's only plans. God has his plan. And God's working out his plan. And God is in control. And the next thing that I was going to share with you is, that, is this fact. And it's this. Life is full of uncertainty. So expect the unexpected. I was watching them. Uh, Yesterday we had 3030 was on TV. And I love to watch those 3030 documentaries and sports. And they happen to have the rivalry between Notre Dame and uh, Miami, the University of Miami, and the famous Catholic versus con convicts game that went on. But you know what? A play that turned that game was when the Miami Hurricanes were tied 21 to 21 in the third quarter. And the coach decided to go for it on fourth down at about midfield. But you know what Coach Lou Holtz had, had coached those Notre Dame Irishmen this one principle. Expect the unexpected. And when they ran that fake punt, then they were expecting the unexpected, and they stopped them. And those boys from Miami, even one of the big football players said, I don't know who called that play but they should have put them on the bus and sent them away but that that one play 
Turn the whole game. Expect the unexpected. Now that's something. Do we really want to expect the unexpected to happen to us in our daily life? We don't want that to happen. We want to plan it out, don't we? We want to know exactly what our day is going to look like. And listen, all kinds of unexpected things are going to happen. Have you ever been to Walmart? I know you have. You see all kinds of crazy things in Walmart, don't you? You can expect the unexpected in Walmart. Man, a couple of days ago, I was in there trying on some new jeans. And two stalls down, I heard a guy go, Oh, man, there ain't no toilet paper in here. <laughs> some of y'all are going to get that about lunchtime. But expect the unexpected. You never know what you might hear in a Walmart. You never know what you might see in a Walmart. Now, that was a joke I told a while ago. I'm just kidding. But, I, but that, that's a funny joke. I don't care who you are. That's a funny one right there. But anyway, expect the unexpected. Here's another thing. Many people have the mistaken notion that faith reduces uncertainty. Many people have the mistaken notion that faith reduces uncertainty. But here's the, here's the teaching point. Faith doesn't reduce uncertainty. Faith embraces uncertainty. Now that's hard. But faith embraces uncertainty. Why does faith embrace uncertainty? Because it's the wonder of God. Now, I'm not discrediting. I know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and yes, and forever. We are certain of that. But aren't you glad that God didn't make it where every day was the same? And everything, and we knew exactly what was going to happen? You can't know whatever's going to happen every day. It'd be boring if we knew that. If we knew, I know some of you going, if we knew who was going to win the football game this afternoon, wouldn't that be great? Because you'd go bet on it, wouldn't you? Some of you were thinking, I'd go bet on that thing if I knew who was going to win it. But listen, if we all knew who was going to win it, what would be the point of watching it? You think about that. How many of you record a game and then get mad at somebody when they come by and tell you, oh, oh did you hear who won that game? And you're going, no, no, don't tell me. I'm, I'm recording it. I don't want to know. Why? Because you want to be surprised. You want to be surprised. I, I remember a show growing up. I remember this old guy named Gomer, and he would always say those words, surprise, surprise, surprise. And hey, even old Forrest Gump made it famous. He said, life's like a box of what? You, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. And you know what? We, we need to embrace uncertainty. But it's hard. It's hard, I'm going to tell you, because if you're a control freak, some people can never accept what I just said because they have a hard time with that because they don't want to embrace it. But here's the thing. We love the good things that happen to us that are unexpected. Here's some of them. Have you ever been surprised with a surprise birthday party and they totally got you? I mean totally got you. And... And you walked in, and, it, and they just, there were people there you weren't expecting, and it just overwhelmed you with emotion. Have you been surprised with a, 
something unexpected that you have a visitor come to your house to stay for a few days. And I'm talking about a relative that you love. Not an unexpected one that you didn't want to stay with you, but somebody that you really love and you go, oh man, I can't believe they're here. Won't you not only stay a couple days, stay a week. It's that kind of relative that you want to embrace at that point. Have you ever gone to work and the boss calls you in and he tells you, listen, something unexpected, but I'm giving you a 20% raise. Boy, we like that kind of unexpected. Something that's unexpected that happens to us, don't we? Or the other day, this past, uh, past week, on Friday, a few weeks ago, on Friday the 13th, I went to the mailbox. And I opened up the mailbox, and there was a card to Angie and I. And it was just a wonderful card, just saying uh, sweet things to us. But inside that card was a $50 Outback Pass. And I, I didn't expect any of that. But you know what? Man, I was walking back into the house going, whoo, this feels good. We like those good things that come unexpected. That same day, I decided, that was at noontime, and Angie had the flu, and I said, I'm getting out of the house. It was a pretty day in Friday, and I said, I'm going to go walk nine holes on the golf course. I walked nine holes, got to the end of the ninth hole, and this couple that I'd played golf with several months ago, walks over and they hand me a $250 rangefinder, the kind that you point at the flag and determine your distance, and said, hey, we want to give this to you. I said, you're kidding. No way. Unexpected. Guess what? It didn't matter what I shot that nine holes. I had received a gift that was totally unexpected. And it made my day and I just kept going. We love those kind of things that happen to us, don't we? unexpectedly but what about the bad things that happen to us perhaps instead of the boss calling you in to give you that 20 percent raise he says I've got to fire you I've got to let you go we got to downsize we got to you got to be gone or what about when you're getting ready to go to work and you've gotten you're running about five minutes late you go out there you get in the car you turn the key and nothing happens Have you ever been there that's the kind of thing that doesn't make you uh, look forward to what's unexpected at the time or perhaps you're going down the road and you get stopped and and you get pulled over for speeding or something like that totally unexpected or perhaps you're going down that road and you have a flat tire and you go, I don't have time for this. I just don't have time for this. But you have to endure that for that moment. And then summertime, this past summer was one of the hottest summers that we've had, a long summer. But what about when your air condition goes out in your vehicle or if your air condition goes out in your home? Those kind of things that you don't expect to happen, but all of a sudden, whoa, these are bad things. And so, but you never, you know, we go, I, I like these good things, but I don't like these bad things that happen. And what we have to learn is to expect the unexpected, embrace it, and faith is embracing the uncertainties of life. No matter what comes. Listen, having that flat tire might have kept you from something on down the road that you never knew about. 
that could have happened. Getting that job, a different job, boss firing you, could be one of the best things ever happened to you because it could open up a door for the greatest job or the destiny that God has called you to. Being let go of one place doesn't mean that's the end. It just means it's another opportunity for something even greater down the road. Do you know Michael Jordan, the greatest, I think, the greatest basketball player ever played? He didn't even make his high school team as a freshman. And then he had to really work at it to even get on the team, and he finally made it uh, a year or so later on the team. But he became what I consider the greatest basketball player to ever play the game was a guy named Michael Jordan. But failure and things happening to him didn't get him down. He just kept going and moved on. Let me ask you something. How many like to go to movies in the room? How many movie buffs do we have or watch movies? What kind of movies do you like to watch the most? Some romance. But do you like the movies that keep you on the edge of the seat? Not knowing what's going to happen next. Not knowing what's going to come around the corner. I mean, it's like an adventure. And man, the, you get caught up in it and things are moving along. And, and it, some of them even scare you. Some of them surprise you. But you don't know what to expect next. Those are the best movies, and those are the ones that make the most money out there, or those type. But faith is embracing the uncertainties. Here's something I want to tell you in closing. If you embrace relational uncertainty, it's called romance. If you embrace relational uncertainty, it's called romance. If you embrace spiritual uncertainty, uncertainty is called mystery or the wonder man God I am so glad I can't figure you out because God every day is a journey with you and it's the most exciting journey I'm just full of the wonder of you God surprise us surprise us next man you are not a boring God you are a God that just amazes us every day Embracing occupational uncertainty, it's called destiny. It's really called destiny. And then finally, embracing emotional uncertainty, it's called joy. It's called joy. We've got to learn to enjoy the journey. Embracing it by faith. Embracing it. We may not understand it. And there's some things that are going to happen to us that we may not like. But uncertainty is a part of life. And there's going to be some good things. And there's going to be some bad things. But how we respond to it, nothing can take away our joy. Now I do know, I do know there's some difficult times that come in life that we have to endure and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about when we have the death of a loved one or if we have a divorce or certain things that take us and kind of tries to tear the family apart. Those are some of those times that you endure. But listen, the Bible says there may be weeping through the night, but that joy comes in the morning.
And when Jesus is your joy and nothing can take away that joy and your faith is resting totally in him, join me in the greatest adventure of life. Join me in the greatest discoveries of life. And join me in this what is known as the journey of faith. Let's do it. Let's experience it. It's exciting. It's better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. You never know what's going to happen next. Would you pray? God, we thank you that Abraham by faith went out not knowing where he was going. 